Hey friends, in today's episode, we are going to be talking about rapid resolution therapy, what it is, what it does, and how it might be able to help you. So stay tuned and here we go. Welcome to the business of inner peace. I'm your host, Erin Jean, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's pretend we're sitting in my living room, enjoying a cup of coffee or tea, and getting to know each other just a little better. That's what I love. I love getting to hear your story. I love feeling connected by the spirit of understanding that our stories bring. Today, I'm sharing some of my story, but I hope someday soon you'll be telling me yours. Listen, I know that you're feeling overwhelmed with life, and nothing is exactly how you'd like it to be. Your marriage is not what you hoped for motherhood is harder than you imagined, and you've lost yourself somewhere in the mix of responsibilities. Well, if you're ready to bring some more peace and joy into your life, reconnect with God who made you, and start living a life you love, then grab your cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's show. Welcome to today's episode. We're talking about rapid resolution therapy and the certain perspectives of RRT, which is how we call it for short, because it's quite a mouthful to say, certain perspectives of the unconscious or subconscious mind. It's um, an amazing tool. I'm actually have it on my to-do list to go and get certified in it because I'm so in love with it. I've been working with a practitioner of RRT for the last maybe four or five months, and I've had such positive outcomes for myself, even had really positive outcomes for my clients, even though I'm not officially certified in the process. There's a lot of the concepts I've been able to utilize with my clients, and it's been amazing. So first, I want to explain a little bit about all of it to you. And then I'd love to just share with you a specific story um, that happened a couple weeks ago with one of my clients and how she was able to have a dramatic shift in perspective and why that matters. <laughs> so it's really important to understand so you can truly know what we're doing. Um, we are creating different paradigms that you're able to let go of now in your life when we're using RRT. Rapid Resolution Therapy, it was founded and created by Dr. John Connolly, who is absolutely incredible. Um, I will definitely put a link to his website in the show notes. I honestly, (laughs) I still don't fully understand what's happening in the brain when we use this tool, but I cannot deny the change that it has produced for myself and others. Um, even just reading his book is super profound. So I'll be sure to link, um, his book in the comments as well. So the very first thing that you need to know about RRT is that it was created by Dr. John. He's trained in all of the things like hypnosis, NLP, and through all of these things, he basically found out while he was working with clients that doing these really giant long roundabout roundabout ways to actually release people's emotional trauma pertaining to past events, it actually wasn't helpful. 
Um, and I can really relate to that because my years and years of therapy, <laughs> traditional therapy, talk therapy, it really did not help me at all release the trauma. It helped me talk about the trauma and focus on the trauma and relive the trauma, but not release it. So uh, Dr. John, he's always going to tell you that it's absolutely pointless for us to experience fear. And he's going to tell you that it's absolutely pointless for us to experience most of the emotions that many of us as healers and therapists and coaches think that it's so important to feel. And I'll definitely put myself in this box and just openly admit that I'm always learning and growing and changing. So many methods that I've used in the past haven't proved to be um, as beneficial. And then there's, you know, methods that I use currently that are amazing. And I know that that's going to continue to change over the course of my uh, career. So anyhow, we basically, we think that we have to feel our feelings, right? And move through them and then go back and feel the things that we didn't get to feel in childhood. And Dr. John would absolutely say that this is pointless. (laughs) So I um, personally have been trained in hypnosis, NLP, shadow work, inner child healing, EFT. Um, I've, I've been trained in many, many things myself. And I love all of these tools. And I think that for many people, they serve a place in many different spaces of their life. Um, what I found so far with RRT that I can actually see things clear in five minutes and it might have normally taken about six sessions, um, you know, maybe using hypnosis to clear. So with RRT, what you're doing is you're talking to multiple levels of your brain using multiple communication tools. So we can talk to different places in different ways to really get your brain on board with what is being said so that it immediately allows the subconscious to release whatever has been bothering you. And it allows you to take on whatever this identity, your new way of thought is that you're willing to take. So a big thing in RRT that you need to know perspective wise is there's no absolute truth. Uh, As humans, (laughs) we are obsessed with trying to find out the right way, or the wrong way. And there's no right absolute way. There's no wrong absolute way. So at some point, the question really becomes about what has the value for you now? Where do you find the value? And here's a thought. Almost all structure in your life at some point feels like freedom, but at another point, it may feel like a cage. And for me and my experience with different healing modalities, when I started my healing work, that became a part of my identity. And truly that whole version of my identity of healing myself was really freeing to me. I'm sure you can relate if anybody's been on this journey. It is so freeing to be able to feel my feelings and to have people acknowledge that they existed and to love my inner child and all of these things. But at some point I started to outgrow that Um, it started to become a cage and mostly because if you are constantly healing, that becomes your identity. And if your identity is healing and that's what you do, 
then that actually becomes the cage for you. And interestingly enough, if you think about this, it's actually telling your unconscious mind, your subconscious mind that you're broken, right? If you are saying I'm healing, I need to change that. Um, you know, it's another way of saying that, that something is a problem. So effectively I could, I've created a loop in my life where, and I've also seen this in other clients' lives where we go from being just completely broken and not knowing what to do into constantly working on ourselves and constantly healing, quote unquote, because we're actually telling our brain that we're broken in a different way. So my very first suggestion for your mind would be to let go or at least open up your hands and release this identity of healing and releasing this concept of healing of being something that's hard. So one of the biggest things with RRT and with Dr. John Connolly is he's always talking about how his mission is to end suffering in the world. And what we don't realize when we're telling people or people are telling us that we need to feel our feelings from a traumatic past event in order to let them go. Well, again, this might have served us at some point, but it's actually producing more suffering in your life now. Um, So now we have this beautiful tool that we can use to truly reprogram the way that you see the world to truly allow your subconscious mind to get on board with who you're becoming and who you want to be. And the very first thing that we need to do is really ask yourself, where have you outgrown paradigms that once served you, but now no longer have value to you? And the question isn't, is it right or is it wrong? It's just, does this still have value for me? And how you know when something doesn't have value for you anymore is typically when you're interested in something else. (laughs) You're outgrowing it. This means you're outgrowing it. It becomes, or it literally feels like a cage or a duty or something you have to do. For me and my experience working with clients and coaches in the healing industry, I'm realizing that while healing was an escape, at some point it can become an identity and it becomes something that can keep you in an endless suffering loop. So it's time to close the loop. (laughs) And that's why I'm here and talking about all of this today. Um, I'm sure from other places or just from here on this podcast, you are very familiar with the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, or some people refer to it as the unconscious mind. Um, I'll refer to it here just as the unconscious mind, um, subconscious mind, or even just mind. So if I'm saying any of those words, that's what I'm referring to. Most often, I'm not going to say your unconscious mind. I'm just probably going to say your mind, because here's the thing. You are not your thoughts. You are not even your actions. You're not your beliefs. You are the observer of all of those things. You go beyond this body. You go beyond this day. You go beyond this role that you're carrying in your life. You go beyond your thoughts because you go beyond your experiences. You just are you. And your spirit was created by God living in a body that has a mind. So mind simply is a mechanism that's been installed in you as a human to produce the world around you that you see 
And it's really easy to reprogram it when you stop identifying with the thoughts and beliefs as you. Because the number one way we shift the way that you see the world is through your identity. And if we identify as our thoughts, well, then we're, we're just messed up. There's no hope, right? If we're completely identifying with those thoughts, it's really hard to change. Don't you think we're, we're going to stop identifying with our thoughts? And, um, the last thing I want to describe is the way that mind perceives data. So our brains, they really are computers. I'm not joking when I say this, it's literally, you can reprogram the mind, just like I would reprogram a computer if I knew how to do that, <laughs> which I don't, but um, I do know how to reprogram a mind. So our brains perceive the world, whatever is happening in life, brain perceives, mind perceives that data, the data comes in, and then the mind assigns meaning to the data. So for instance, um, one person like my five-year-old daughter, I could give $5 to, and the mind of my daughter comes in and assigns meaning to the $5. As in, this is so much money, I can go and get a whole castle of LOL surprise doll girls and their things. <laughs> or I could go buy so much candy, right? Or I could go get five ice cream cones. And it's just heaven for her, right? She's so excited about it. But that same $5 could be given to me as my monthly paycheck. And I would see that $5 and my mind would see it and assign meaning to it as if, oh my gosh, we are broke. We are poor. I totally suck. I can't believe this is it. We're not going to make it. You know, the family can't survive, but it's the same exact $5. It's the same exact data. So the mind of the perceiver is changing the meaning. So all we need to do is change the way that mind perceives the data and the meaning that assigns that it assigns with the data. So that's what we're doing with um, RRT. And I want to talk to you a little bit about an experience I had last week with one of my clients where we were able to do this. Essentially, we were able to take the data and change the way that mind was perceiving it. And she had a huge, huge shift. So I'm going to give you just a tiny bit of background. Um, I have her permission to share this, but of course I'm going to keep all of her personal information confidential. Um, she ha has a background in which there is some childhood trauma, especially in, um, within the sexual area. And I've shared my story with you guys before I have the same thing, so I can really relate and connect with her on that. And, um, especially when these things happen to us, you know, under age 10, it is definitely part of our subconscious programming and it begins to wire a lot of beliefs within us. Uh, one of those dominant beliefs for me, which I've shared is that I had no worth, that I had no value, that I was not worthy of love. And, um, you know, my client had some similar things programmed into her. 
Well, fast forward, she's an adult now, right? And she's got some small children. She was dealing with a situation where a close person to her who also has children and she spends a lot of time with began to share that her children's friends um, get exposed to a lot of inappropriate things around sexuality. And they were beginning to do things or just act in a way that was inappropriate. And then her children started kind of copying or mimicking that behavior. Now, I want you to know this is super, super common. So in my experience, right, I um, was molested by my cousin. Now you have to understand that as a child, when you are molested, you are your mind and body is actually not ready developmentally for anything sexual. And so when that data comes in, your mind doesn't actually really know what to do with it and doesn't understand it, but it now has it. It now has data that it shouldn't have had, if that makes sense. And often what can happen with children that are victims of any type of sexual abuse, they will you know, just inadvertently, unknowingly abuse other children because of what they've been exposed to. This happened with me. Um, I, I actually, you know, engaged in some inappropriate stuff with my other cousins, not intentionally, right? Nowhere from my heart of wanting to hurt another child, but from this space of I've now been given data and information that I wasn't ready for, I wasn't intended to have at that age, And that's kind of how it got expressed in me. So it's really important for parents to know this because when you start seeing any signs of children acting like in a sexual way, um, acting inappropriately, please, please, please do not just let that um, information roll off your shoulder and think, oh, this is just kids. This is just the way kids are. There it's a red flag and it could mean, it doesn't always mean, but it could mean that something inappropriate is happening to them or even to one of their friends. And so my client having that knowledge, understanding that this is kind of what happens with children who um, are potentially being abused, she got gravely concerned, um, not just for those kids of her close friend, but for her own children, right? Right. Um, not wanting them to be exposed to something. And so she's really done her best to navigate this difficult situation and to try to create some boundaries, healthy boundaries that are really just about her keeping her safe, keeping her children safe, no judgment, no, no trying to control the other people in the situation, just making decisions for herself. And she got into a bit of a um, well, what's the right word? Just triggered state, a really intense state last week. And she reached out to me for immediate help. And thankfully I was free and available. I was able to pick up the phone and call her and just help support her to see what was going on and, um, really talk her down from this place. She kind of her mind, and this is what happens, right? When you get triggered, you're in primal brain and that's that fight, flight, or freeze. And it especially puts you into kind of like little child mode and you get 
really overwhelmed and you tend to go into victim mode and like life is happening to you and everything's terrible and you can't even think clearly, right? You can't access your frontal cortex, which is where um, reasoning logic and analytics live. And so I was able to talk her down a little bit, help her to calm down. We did some breathing exercises and then we began to talk about the situation. Essentially, things had gotten more heightened and the friend was really upset about some of the boundaries that she was trying to lay out. And then other people were starting to get involved and starting to be accusatory of her and reject my client and make her bad and, you know, try to say things like, oh, you're making this a big deal. It's not really a big deal. And kids are just being kids, you know, when there were legitimately very concerning red flag things happening. And my client had a very good reason to want to protect her children. So here's the conversation we had where I helped her mind to perceive the data differently and to give it new meaning. So I told her this little story and I said, I want you to imagine that there is this amazing firefighter, this firefighter that is just full of wisdom and intelligence and really understands fires, really understands how fire works, what makes fire increase, what makes fire decrease. When fire is good and it's actually helping nature and when fire is bad and it's an out of control forest fire. Um, you know, often firefighters, they use their tools and they do things like control burns because it helps the whole forest and it ultimately helps protect the forest from a wild out of control firefighter, right? Uh, sorry, not firefighter, a wildfire. And so there's so much that goes into having this wisdom and understanding around fire. And now I want you to see your husband because her husband in the situation was particularly triggering her the way that he was behaving. I said, I want you to see your husband as someone who has knowledge about fire, but he's not a firefighter. He doesn't have this wisdom, right? So he knows how to make a fire. If you're going camping or something, he can make a gorgeous fire for your campsite and cooking s'mores. He knows how to make a great fire in the barbecue and he can, you know, barbecue up some mean hot dogs and hamburgers and they're delicious. He knows how to make a beautiful fire inside the fireplace in your home where you can be warmed and cozy and everyone is safe, but he doesn't actually have enough knowledge and wisdom to go be a firefighter, to go fight a wildfire, to run a control burn. He doesn't have that knowledge. Can you see the difference? And she could. And I then helped her to see in this situation that you're dealing with, you are the firefighter. You have so much wisdom. You know what you're talking about. You know what the red flags are right? Because you have this lived experience and you know when children are unsafe and you're using your wisdom so beautifully to help protect your children 
and to help protect yourself. You're setting appropriate boundaries and you're using that wisdom for good and you have no intention of changing the way anyone else is behaving. No intention of changing the way someone is parenting their children. No intention of controlling or changing the way your husband is dealing with the situation. You're just using your own wisdom for good and for helping and protecting and keeping yourself safe and keeping your precious children safe. And through just that, just that beautiful analogy, right? She began to shift. And of course, there were other things said, but that was the main content that really helped her mind pivot and create new meaning around the entire situation, but most importantly, around herself. And at the end of that conversation, she was able to say, I feel so good. I feel so calm. And I now can really see the wisdom that I have. And I feel so good about that wisdom. And that essentially is just a a little peek at what RRT can do, how it can help you just completely shift. So she went from absolute overwhelm, panic, complete victim mode, victim mindset to a place of calm, a place of confidence, really a deep love for herself and her ability to keep herself safe and her children safe. And in my book, that is such a huge win. So hopefully you got something amazing out of today's episode. Um, I really hope that if anything, I've piqued your interest around RRT, that it's something you'd like to do in the future. I'd love to be the person to hold your hand and do that with you. So as always, feel free to book a call with me and we can talk about what that looks like. And I've got all of those links for you in the show notes. And I just always really, really genuinely appreciate you so much. I appreciate you taking the time out to listen to my podcast and to be a supporter. So go out and make it a great day. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're feeling blessed by the content here, the number one way you can show me is by leaving me a written review of the show. I'd be forever grateful knowing that you're out there listening helps me know that I'm truly living out God's purpose in my life. The other thing you can do is take a screenshot of this episode, share it with a friend, or better yet, tag me on your Instagram stories. Remember, you are seen, known, and loved. May God richly bless you today. All my love, Erin Jean.